afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an afternoon session of Lone Star News happening right here, right now on this lovely November 9th afternoon here. Coming to you guys live from the great state of Texas. I am your host, Mr. C. And uh, we got a pretty easy show for you guys today. We're not going to get into it too hot and too heavy. What we are going to do is we are going to air... We are going to broadcast the first 2021-22 gubernatorial debate that took place all about two weeks ago tomorrow. Uh, so this debate actually happened on October 27th, my mother's birthday. Incidentally, I was still in Las Vegas when this happened. I think probably about, I don't know, a week and a half ago, we did some highlights. If you guys were in the audience and you noticed it, you know I told you that we were going to play the debate in its entirety. Uh, so that's what we're doing here today, this afternoon. Uh, we're just going to sit back and relax and watch three of the gubernatorial candidates, uh, you know, kind of duke it out and uh, uh, kind of put wheels to shame, you know. And uh, as, as, as you all will notice, and as we talked about a week and a half ago, um, Governor Abbott is not present at this debate. So it seems that uh, he doesn't have to show up uh, to the party uh, I guess I guess he won't be making his rounds until uh, who knows uh, sometime in 2022, um, because it appears for now that he's just too busy saving Texas and saving Texans while continuing to bamboozle them with promises of a full and thorough forensic audit. Mr. Abbott, don't you dare say Texas is having the biggest, the best and the most thorough and full election audit in the country when Texans already know that job's been filled by Arizona. Sir, you are a shame to Texas. And if we don't get our full forensic audit, if we don't get all of the, the ballots physically um, um, inspected in the four counties of choice, if we do not get a full canvas of the counties that uh, have been chosen for this audit, if we don't even get a full audit of the electronic ballot images, sir, Texans are not stupid, and your broken office of the Secretary of State will no longer hold, I don't care if your current and fifth Secretary of State served on the legal team for President Trump in Pennsylvania and then turned tail and ran away when things got a little bit too hard. We are not that thick, sir. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's not be too long for it because we got about an hour and 25 minutes worth of gubernatorial candidates to consider in this Texas debate. Now, like I said, this did take place. Oh, oh, this one's coming up. My bad. My bad. Okay, we had one on October 27th. Okay, that took place uh, in Decatur, Texas. Okay. The image I have on the screen right now is for one coming up on November 27th, my sister's anniversary, <laughs> or would-be anniversary, um, and that would be happening in Frisco, Texas. Oh, so this is something to look forward to. It looks like I just educated myself a little bit on the matter, but that's all good. I like this. I actually really like this photo here, this graphic. Now, uh, the gentleman on the graphic you see here. That is one Chad Prather, one Don Huffines, and one Alan West. Uh, these are the guys that you will see in the debate today that took place in Decatur, Texas on October 27th. Okay. 
Uh, again, the graphic on the screen is a uh, is uh, um, an advertisement, I guess you could say, for the upcoming debate, which actually, now we know, guys, mark your calendars for November 27th, and we will keep the door open. We'll probably do this live on November 27th for uh, the um, second governor's candidate debate. Interesting enough, again, Wheels is not present. Ladies and gentlemen, wheels is not present, but that's okay. That's okay. So uh, let me go ahead and shrink this screen here. Um, while I get our sound quality ready, I will say uh, Chad Prather, Don Huffines, Alan West, in my opinion, are all fine men. Um, Don Huffines, I don't know. There's just something about him that uh, doesn't set me well, but he has been a very good candidate for a uh, a child protection against uh, transgender and the transgender agenda, I guess you could say. Um, and uh, so uh, he's 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 done some good stuff. He's done some good stuff. Chad Prather, he actually uh, he actually did serve um, in our house and went back home because he wouldn't play by the rules of uh, Austin, I guess you could say. And of course, Alan West, our former, uh, our former um, uh, Texas uh, House Chair, and um, <clears throat> he, uh, Governor Lieutenant retired, retired. Uh, but, but he is he is the one, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm keeping my eye on, uh, and he is the one that uh, he's the one that I think a lot of Texans are really going to be pulling for. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get this uh, debate on the way, because like I said, we got about an hour and 25 minutes ahead of us to see how these gentlemen did. I will be hanging out and uh, I will be uh, I'll, I'll be doing my rounds. You'll see me in the chat a little bit, guys. I'll be working on some stuff, too. And I will most definitely be listening till then, ladies and gentlemen, you guys enjoy this debate. If there's any Texans out there awake right now, get them on, ladies and gentlemen, if they miss this one. Well, it'll be fun to hang out and see what these guys have got to offer. All right, here we go, guys. Without further ado, this is the uh, Texas gubernatorial debate that took place on October 27th, 2021 in Decatur, Texas. Good afternoon, Whiskey Blue. Good afternoon, Akira. Yes, Akira. We're all hip to that. You guys enjoy. Thanks, Sandy. Oh, please. Thank you, guys. I'm so honored to be here, and I see a lot of familiar faces, so this is going to be really fun. And um, I know you don't want to hear me talk, but I kind of wanted to give you an idea of what was going to go on. Uh, we're going to introduce these great guys here. Um, I did want to say that an invitation was extended to Governor Abbott, and he declined, um, just in case anyone's wondering. Um, and so we're going to give, we, they have the groups put together some questions and we're also, you guys filled out some things to have some audience questions, which I think is very cool. Um, and we're just going to let you guys have some time to get to know these gentlemen. They've been all across Texas working very hard. Um, and I know a little bit of what that's like, but what these guys are doing for your state is pretty incredible. Um, giving their lives, uh, you know, the, away from their family. Um, and it's just on who's going to introduce themselves first. And I'd like to welcome to the stage, Mr. Don Huffines. 
We got this one. There you go. Hello, Patriots. I'm a lifelong conservative activist. I'm a fifth generation Texan. I'm a husband, a father of five homeschoolers that are adults. I'm going to stop all abortions in Texas. I understand the fundamental role of government's always to defend your God-given liberty. I'm running simply because the job's not getting done. I don't need a new job. I don't need a new year. Let me just ask you, is the border secure? Are your property taxes going down or going away? Do you have confidence in your elections? Of course, the answer is no, and it's because of the failed leadership of Greg Abbott. My campaign's about leadership, no excuses. I've got a great plan to secure that border. I'm never asking permission to do that. I've got a comprehensive plan to eliminate your property taxes over eight years. You're going to get a vote on it. We're never going to have an income tax. We're going to keep local governments fully funded. I'm creating a new law enforcement division to enforce our election laws so we can have forensic audits. I'm Thank you, Mr. Patriots. John Huffines. Sorry. We get one minute. Okay. I was told. I was told. Sorry. Was that one mean? One minute. I didn't mean to be mean, but. That's all right. Thank you. Well, Mr. Thank John Huffines, everybody. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I feel mean. I have to cut them off, but we got to keep it fair, right? All right. Please welcome to the stage Colonel Alan West. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's great to be back up here in Wise County and be here in Decatur. I just saw all the folks recently up there in Cook County and, of course, been with the folks down in Parker County quite often. But first and foremost, there's a person here in this audience that I have to recognize, a person that was my brother in combat in 2003 in Iraq. He lives here in Decatur, Texas. His name is Sergeant First Class Rodney Dean. Sergeant First Class Rodney Dean, please stand. Okay? Deep strike. But... Stay standing, soldier. Every single soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guardsman, law enforcement, and first responder, please stand so we can thank you for your service to this nation and your service to this great community that we live in. What is this all about for me? It's all about the exact same thing that I did on 31 July 1982, the same as those people that just stood up. We all took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And that's what it's about, honoring our Constitution and defending your liberty. God bless you and thank you. Colonel Allen West. And last but not least, I'd like to welcome to the stage Mr. Chad Prather. which is the great state of Texas. I, uh, my name is Chad Prather. I was the first to jump into this primary race back in July of 2020, and I'm thankful to be a part of this process. Uh, a lot of people introduced me as an internet sensation, which is just a 21st century way of saying I'm unemployed, but I'm popular. And uh, I, uh, I, like Don, I like to echo the sentiment. I didn't have to do what I'm doing. I, I felt the call to do it, and I feel a responsibility. Texas is a great state. Texas is the greatest state, and it needs to be number one in all things. There's something very special here. And uh, a lot of people say, well, you're not from Texas, but I am pro-life. I believe life begins at conception, and I was conceived in Dallas. So <laughs> my DNA runs Texas deep, I can promise you that. But it is good to be with you guys, and I am thankful for you, Shelly, 
And as well, let me echo the sentiment of Colonel West, for those of you willing to put on a uniform every day, the willingness to serve, sacrifice, give your life, not only for our country, but our liberty and even our communities. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Big hand for these three gentlemen before we start. I would like to thank these three gentlemen right off the bat just um, for all of the conservative things that have been happening in Texas because of them. Because without these three opposing our current governor, you would have not seen all of the conservative things that have been happening. So give them a big round of applause for that. So I actually haven't seen these questions. I have not looked at them. I was given to, uh, these were given to me right as I walked in and I haven't looked at them on purpose. We are gonna go in order of how these gentlemen were introduced. And you gentlemen get three minutes to answer uh, these questions. So Mr. Huffines, are you ready for question number one? Texas is facing an invasion through our Southern border and Washington DC is facilitating it. To what extent will you stand against the federal government to protect the lives, liberties, and property of Texas citizens? Well, this is the most important thing that uh, is facing Texas right now and, one of, and my number one item that I'm going to get fixed. We all know that this is a premeditated attack on Texas. This is an invasion. I've been to the border three times since uh, May. And I was on the committee and also in the Senate on border security. I've been in the helicopters and I've been up and down the river in the gunships and all that. I've seen it all. Border Patrol saying that about a million and a half illegals unapprehended will be coming into Texas in a 12 month period. All of them smuggled in by the most dangerous criminal organizations on earth, the Mexican cartels. They're making tens of millions of dollars every week smuggling on human trafficking, drug trafficking. Any way you define this, this is an invasion. Since I entered the race on May the 11th, I had my whole program up on the website. We're going to finish Trump's wall. We're going to call it a Texas wall. I'm going to build it for four or 500 miles along the 1,230 miles on our border. It's going to cost us about $4 billion. That's a good trade. That's less than a one-year payback. I'm a business guy. I'm going to take that trade. The most important thing we're going to do, I'm using Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution, which clearly gives the states, the authority to do what they need to do to repel an invasion. And this is an invasion. The most significant thing I'm going to do, though, is that I'm never asking permission from the federal government to secure the Texas border. I'm going to use the entire Texas military, our National Guard, there's over 20,000 of them are going to secure the river. We're going to immediately re re deport anyone that gets across the river and take them back to the other side. We're going to close all 25 bridges over the river for inbound commercial traffic from Mexico. This is strategic. This isn't where the illegals are coming across. This is where all the commerce is coming across. We're doing $250 billion worth of trade with Mexico annually, Texas is, until they secure their side of the river and take it back from the cartels. Not one truck from Mexico is going to enter Texas. This is very doable. If Abbott wanted to do it, he could have done it seven years ago. He could do it tomorrow. He doesn't have the political will to do it. That's why he's not doing it. I'm going to get done in 30 days what no one in this country has ever been able to do. 
I'm going to the actual Republican running that's actually going to do something. The federal government is never going to secure the border. They never have, and they never will. And we had the trifecta in Washington, the House, the Senate, and the courageous governor, I mean, president. It was still porous. They were still pouring over. The only chance we have to secure that border is if a courageous governor of Texas. That's why this election is so important. Thank you. Thank you. Colonel West, do you need me to repeat the question? No, no. You know, the first border mission that I did was as a young lieutenant back in 1986, back when there was a wall, and it was called an Iron Curtain. And I was in Turkey doing border patrol operations and patrols against the Bulgarian border. And 30 years ago, in Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm, I was deployed to the desert to protect the border of another country, and that was Kuwait. But here I sit in my own state, in the state of Texas, and for whatever reason, we cannot protect and defend our own sovereignty, our own border. And so the experiences that I've had in the United States military, and I've already sat down with some old retired Army guys, and we've done some mission analysis, it will take five to 7,000 of our 26,000 members of the Texas Military Department to put down there on the major infiltration routes to interdict people from being able to come across that border. If you're serious about the border, you have to put a deterrent force on that border. And the other thing is that I've been in firefights before. You will not see the Mexican cartels firing across the border into the state of Texas, and we telling our National Guard that they can't fire back. They will know that we will shoot at them even before they begin to fire at us. And speaking of the cartels, we're not fighting against cartels. We're fighting against a transnational narco-criminal terrorist organization. This is an insurgency. They are non-state, non-uniform belligerents. They're no different from the Taliban or any of the other people that I've fought. As a matter of fact, the Taliban was using opium as a drug. Here we have the guys using fentanyl and all kind of methamphetamines to come across. And oh, by the way, where do they get the ingredients for the fentanyl? From China, our number one geopolitical foe. But we are going to do something in Texas as I am governor that even President Trump didn't do. No other person has done. We're going to declare the cartels as a terrorist organization. And once we declare them as a terrorist organization, we are going to freeze their assets. We're going to go after and seize those assets. We're going to go after the people that are selling these stash houses. We're going to take those assets and use it for our own border security fund. We're also going to go after these non-governmental organizations that are getting federal taxpayer money to be a travel agency for these illegal immigrants, giving them bus tickets, giving them plane tickets. And we're going to revoke the licenses of these non-governmental organizations, and we're going to kick them the heck out of Texas. We're not going to have anyone in Texas that is supporting human and sex trafficking. Then we're also going to make sure that, as Senator Huffman said, we're going to take that constitutional authority. In the Guarantee Clause of Article 4, Section 4, the federal government is supposed to provide to every state in the union a Republican form of government and protect every state from invasion. They're not doing it. We're going to do it. We're going to deport people. This is not about arresting people for trespassing. They're already violating our rule of law. We're going to get them out of the state of Texas. And the last thing we're going to do is we're going to tax the remittances of illegal immigrants because we cannot continue to allow people to believe they can come here and work under the table. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel West. Mr. Prather. Let me just say, first of all, that I count it an honor to be able to get up every day and pray for these two gentlemen to my right, your left. And I am thankful not to be running against these men, but to be running alongside them. 
Because in my world, in my mind, I have adopted a conservative attitude of ABA, anyone but Abbott. And Greg Abbott, the governor has a job to do that he's not doing. He's saying things. And I want to remind everybody that Texas is more than an area code. It's more than a zip code. It's more than a geography. It's more than a boundary. It's more than just a state. Texas is a spirit. And that spirit is caught. It's not taught. You can talk to somebody that's not from Texas till you're blue in the face. They either get it or they don't. But that Texas spirit in us walks a little bit taller. It's a little bit larger. We're probably a little more proud of it than most folks are of, say, Delaware. But here in Texas, there's something that inspires us to fight for that liberty that's ours. That great spirit energizes us and pushes us to do things that other states probably wouldn't do. And we're under attack. Washington, D.C. has put a target on the backs of Texas. They want us to be another California. They want us to default. They want us to be another Oregon, Washington State, Illinois, or New York. We know that we are under attack, not only from without, we see that with what's happening on our border, but also from within, because the Biden administration and the federal government is not going to come to our aid. And the reason they're not going to is because they know that Texas is the last bastion of true freedom that has the ability, the size, the economy, the largeness, the attitude, the people, the legacy, and the drive to put Washington, D.C. back on a certain track that they don't want to be on. And that's why whenever you turn on the news, they're not talking about the border at the in New Mexico or in Arizona or California, they're talking about the Texas border because it's Texas that has the target. So to that degree, we've got to fight back and it's up to us because no one's coming to our rescue. We have the constitutional right to defend our border. And what I encourage people to do is we have to detect, we have to deter, we have to disincentivize the reason that they're coming. We have to detain, we have to deport, we have to do that thing which is so politically incorrect. We have to defend. We have the right to allow our men and women who have taken an oath to enforce the laws of this state, to do their jobs. Our National Guardsmen and women, they're there, they're available. Our DPS agents, both human and material resources are available. They're at the disposal of the governor and their hands are tied. They can't do their job. In fact, in many cases, they're acting as an Uber driver to get them to a processing center where they get a slap on the wrist, they get papers and an airplane ticket to go somewhere in the state and they disappear in the night never to return. I've been to the border numerous times. I've seen the buses driving them out. I know what's going on. And I wanna encourage you folks, the complex problems require complex solutions. They're not politically correct. I say amen to what these men say, but I say it's time to enforce the laws. No matter how ugly it gets, it's time. And the governor has the right constitutionally to do that. Thank you. Okay, question number two, we're gonna start with you, Colonel West. The Texas legislature failed to address the systemic issues with the Texas grid during the 87th session and special sessions. As governor, what will you do regarding ERCOT and the PUC to keep the grid independent and robust? Thanks so much, Shelley. Well, the first thing we have to understand, let's go back and look at what happened on that Sunday, Valentine's Day, the 14th of November. For whatever reason, we have dedicated 23 to almost 26% of our energy distribution to an unreliable energy source, which is wind and solar. And all you have to do is, as they say in politics, you follow the money. As a matter of fact, one of the things you have to be very concerned about is that there was an energy company here in the state of Texas that made $2.3 billion while you were freezing, while an 11-year-old died in his bed in Conroe, Texas. And that exact same energy company wrote Greg Abbott a $1 million campaign 
contribution check. That tells you something. We're not going to allow these energy companies to influence my decisions. So first and foremost, we're not going to have these subsidies to go to wind and solar. They have to be able to compete just like every other energy source that we have here in the state of Texas. The other thing is that we have got to go back and we've got to make sure that the people that are on the ERCOT board even live here in the state of Texas. We'll make sure that that happens. There's just not people that are writing campaign contributions checks. But we have to make sure that we shift away and make sure that we have sustainable and reliable energy sources. We're the Saudi Arabia when you look at oil and natural gas. We need to bring back the clean coal fire plants. We need to make sure that we have nuclear power. One of the most uh, you know, cleanest nu powers out there is nuclear power. You look at the ERCOT, and let's break ERCOT down into regions and make sure that we have redundant and duplicative systems so we never have a complete failure like we had in this past uh, winter. And we've got to make sure that we task organize, make sure that we have the right amount of natural gas and make sure that if we have to come back to natural gas, as we saw, we have winterized those systems. We have winterized those plants. And the military knows before you go into the winter season, you go to the motor pool and you winterize your vehicles, your generators and everything. How could these dumb butts sit around and go into a winter and not even check their own equipment? So we're going to go back to some basic Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, Navy understanding. But the most important thing is right now we have got to stop the subsidizing of wind and solar through Section 312, 313 of the Texas budget. Now, they have suspended it, but they have not completely revoked it. We should not be subsidizing. There will be no Green New Deal happening here in the state of Texas if it's a Governor West. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. West. Mr. Prather. Pretty much I imagine that every single person in this room remembers where they were when the power went out and it got cold. And when I went on social media and started talking about it, a lot of people from outside of Texas said, you know, you tough Texans down there, you don't like it. You can't handle it when cold, when it gets cold outside. I said, the problem wasn't that it was cold outside. The problem was it was cold inside. And here in a place where we have a reputation for energy independence and a place of strength when it comes to oil, gas, and coal, and so many other resources that are here, it was an embarrassment. We learned that uh, we have this grid. Some people didn't even know ERCOT existed. A lot of people didn't realize that it was being managed by people who were out of the state, some of them not even in the country. We know that this was a general mismanagement. We understand that. We also began to realize that that very week that our governor received a letter. He received a letter for being one of the greenest in the country. He didn't show up to receive that trophy. He sent a representative because that week was when those green energy solar panels, as well as the windmills all over that scattered across West and North Texas, the panhandle, uh, they shut down, they broke down and they stopped producing any energy. Those windmills are useless. I always tell people tongue in cheek, but it, you'll get my attitude towards those windmills uh, that not only are they producing, you know, we, we rely 25% of our energy production on green energy. We ought to take those windmills and plant them down there on the Southern border, just above the wall and let that be the last obstacle. That people have to get past in order to come into our great state. I remind people that these are petroleum products that they're defending. And at the end of the day, they consume 35% of the energy they produce. They're not very uh, great in terms of an energy resource. And uh, when you start making ideologies into policies, you have a problem. And that's what this green agenda is. 
So we have to stop subsidizing these green energy plans and these, these green energy companies and let them stand on their own two feet. When they fail, they fail. We're not going to bail them out. I'm all for having green and renewable sources of energy. I'm all for that. And sustainability is great. But at the end of the day, they have to stand on their own two feet because that is the only way they're going to truly be innovative. The oil and gas industry, I was just in the Permian basis last week, is something that we've got to revitalize here in the state of Texas. We've got to make sure that we get back to a place of understanding that we're not going to apologize for our heritage and our legacy and history and our leadership in oil and gas. We supply 46% of the nation's oil and 35% of the nation's marketable natural gas. I'm not going to apologize for that. We do need a very we do need more nuclear energy. It is clean. It is expensive, and I understand that, but there's other ways to cut costs so that we don't freeze to death in our winter times, and we should never do that in the state of Texas. We're the number two producer of coal, lignite coal in the nation. Not a great coal, but guess what? It burns. And when it's cold inside, it's time to have some heat. Let's get back to energy independence in the great state of Texas. Thank you so much. Mr. Huffines. Well, the next time you're flying between, say, Corpus and Amarillo, be sure and take a window seat. Because out that window is miles and miles of windmills. Windmills all over the state of Texas. This is an ecological disaster. Did you know if you have a ranch out there and somebody sticks a windmill up next to you, that your property value just went down 30% or more? Everybody in the legislature knows who ERCOT is. We're all very familiar with it. This isn't some secret. We talk about it every session. Greg Abbott certainly knows all about it. He's the one that appointed the Public Utility Commission that appointed the governance of ERCOT. The state of Texas, we spent 100 years to make sure we had an independent grid. That's why it's ERCOT and not the FERC system, the federal system. We worked years after years to make sure not one electrical line went across the Red River. Not one line went across the Sabine River. We were self-sufficient. We had a grid that was not just the envy of the nation, but envy of the world. Everyone was envious of because we were the energy capital of the world. We could produce electricity cheaper than anyone else. And Greg Abbott and the rhinos down there in Austin let it all go to pot. They quit paying attention to it. They didn't care anymore. They wanted to be in the cool club. They wanted to make sure they made the Democrats happy and bought into all the green energy and, and, and the global warming. And they gave away the subsidies left and right for every chance they could. The 312, the 313 agreements. They finally got rid of that this session. They did change the governments of ERCOT a lot. And they're supposed to winterize their stations and some winterize their substations and some of their plants. But guess what? There's no recourse in it. There's no recourse in the rules. They can write themselves out of it. They can opt out of it. They just came out with the rules today, yesterday, the PUC, the Public Utility Commission. And they put all the exemptions and exceptions that the industry wanted. All the rich people going down there said, oh, wait a minute. You got to write us out of this deal. We don't want to spend the money to weatherize our system. We're going to have another failure. It's going to happen again. But this is all about leadership. This is a leadership down there in Austin, Texas, leadership from our governor. I mean, we can do better than that, and we're going to do better than that. I am personally going to take responsibility for this as your governor. I'm telling you that how we are, our paradigm of the past and the present does not dictate how we're going to operate in the future. I'm going to make sure that all the renewable energy companies have to generate electricity 24-7 
just the same way when the wind's blowing and when it's not blowing. And same with same with solar. And we're going to stop all the subsidies. We're going to get our we're going to get our swagger back in Texas if our grid. Thank you. Question number three, and we'll start with Mr. Prather on this one. Does any government or government official have the authority to interfere in the medical freedom of any individual? I like going first because I I feel like you're saying ditto when y'all talk, you know? <laughs> but I have to fill three minutes, so... We're dealing with tyranny in this country, and it's spilling over into our state. Used to say that we had uh, judicial tyranny, we had big government and, you know, the federal and state tyrannies and various things. Now we're adding more tyrannies, not just educational tyranny and and, um, big media and big tech tyranny, but now we have corporate and medical tyranny. And we talk about our border and securing our border. What is more sacred than the border of the human body? Right now, we're dealing with a governor who passed an executive order saying that he would not allow mandates by employers to be vaccinating his employee, their employees. And quite honestly, that EO is, no, is worth no more than the paper it's written on because he has no intention whatsoever of passing it through the legislative process. He will not. I'm a, I'm a reasonable betting man when it comes to saying that he's not going to call another special session for that. Not going to do it. They don't feel like there's the time or the energy or the effort that needs to go into it. Folks, if, if you if you get hired by an employee, that, that or I'm sorry, that an employer, and that employer runs a private business, we want to argue for that employer's rights to run his business the way he wants to. He has the freedom to do that. But there are certain things that you didn't sign on for. Now, perhaps that employer wants you to wear a uniform to work. Well, he doesn't expect you to wear it home and wear it to bed and sleep in it 24 hours a day, wear that uniform. You didn't agree to that when you... It wasn't a part of the terms of your employment. Why now are they going to change the rules and change your terms of employment to mean that they can now invade your body? Now imagine, imagine if I'm an employer and I come up to one of you ladies and I said, hey, you got to do something to stay employed. Now your mind would immediately run into a crazy place, wouldn't it? How is it that we're going to say, no, I, I'm going to demand that we put a foreign object inside of you, inject a chemical inside of you? Absolutely not. There is no government entity. There is no government. There is no politician. There's no representative of the government. It has the right to violate your body, not in any way, shape or form. And we've got to push that through. I don't care what we have to do to get that done to make sure that this Texas that we love so much and the liberty that it gives us that your right to autonomy and bodily sovereignty to make choices medically for yourself remains your decision and your decision alone. 100% medical freedom and vaccine choice, but it cannot and must not be forced upon you. Thank you so much. Mr. Huffines. This is one of the main issues of the catalyst for me to want to run. When Greg Abbott listened to that lying piece of crap, Fauci, and, and, and he is. I mean, who would have believed the virus came from bat soup? I mean, really? He shut our state down, destroyed three million jobs in one day. He put tens of thousands of businesses out of, out of business forever. He closed our churches in the holiest week of the year over Easter. You couldn't properly bury the dead. You couldn't get married. You, you couldn't get baptized. You couldn't visit the sick. 
Your own family members are dying with no one at their bedside. He keeps a mask mandate on us for nine months and people thank him for taking that off. That's like thanking a thief for bringing some of your stolen goods back. As your governor, I would have never done that. I'm the one that went out there and helped lead some of the open Texas rallies. The fundamental role of government is always to defend your God-given liberty. And that certainly includes your body. I will never, as your governor, allow anyone to be forcibly vaccinated for any reason if they don't want to be, whether it's the business or the, gov- or the government doing it, or your children. I will never let anyone forcibly require a mask on you or your children. I've never taken the vaccine, and I never will. I was uh, for vaccine choice many years ago, way before we had the Wuhan. I was in last week leading the rally in front of Southwest Airlines, helping their team members protest with a bullhorn. The week before that, I was at Raytheon, helping their team members protest the, the tyranny that's been imposed on them. These people have worked in these companies for decades, for years. And now they got to, now they're going to lose it all because they're listening to the lies. We've been lied so much about this virus. I mean, we're, we're all tired of the lies. We're tired of it. This is a political statement and they know it. And they're trying to make a political windfall out of it. Turning us all into puppets of the government seeing how much tyranny they can impose on us. We've lost more tyranny in the last, a little more liberty in the last 18 months than I thought we'd ever lose in 100 years. It's never going to happen in a Huffines administration. Thank you. Colonel West. No elected official has enumerated power to determine who or what is essential in Texas or the United States of America. It was Benjamin Franklin who once said, those who would surrender essential liberty for temporary security in the end deserve neither liberty nor security. I'd have never thought that I would see a person calling themselves the president of the United States of America in the middle of the debacle that was Afghanistan and trying to shift the narrative, have a press conference where he says that this is not about your freedom. Everything in the United States of America is about your freedom. Telling you that you must have something injected into your body as a condition of employment is unconstitutional. And they know it is unconstitutional because your body relates to your life. And last time I checked the Declaration of Independence, your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness, your property are rights that are endowed to you by the creator God with the big G, not government with the little G. And we need to make sure we reemphasize that. And oh, by the way, I find it very interesting that each month we've had 200,000 people coming across the border illegally, and no one has stopped to give them a jab in the arm. But we are seeing Texas almost being forced to lose their employment. You know, Governor Abbott last year made that decision, as Senator Huffman says, about 
who can work and who can't work and whose business is essential, whose business is not essential. Then he comes back now when it's about this vaccine mandate and he says it's not the proper role of government to get involved with private sector businesses. You can't have it both ways, Governor. You gotta make a decision. And that's why we don't need a governor that does not stand up for your inalienable rights, stand up to make sure that your body and your medical freedom is the most important thing to you. You all know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I got hit with Mr. Wuhan. But guess what? I made the decisions, and my wife, we made the decisions about what went inside our bodies. The monoclonal antibody therapy infusion treatment, the budesonide nebulizer, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin C, D3. That's what a governor and a leader does. He says, you make the choice about what therapies, protocols, and treatments that you want. I don't make those decisions for you. It's a republic, if you can keep it. And one of the most important things about a republic is your individual rights, freedoms, and liberties. I don't know about you guys, but it sure feels good to be around uh, like individuals that have some common sense. It's amazing. It's a, thank you guys so much. Uh, Senator Huffines, you're going to be first on this next question. What are your thoughts on election integrity in Texas? And what are your views on early voting and mail-in ballots? Well, <laughs> we know that people cheat in elections. People have cheated in an election since there's ever been elections. I think the cavemen probably cheated each other. I mean, Republicans cheat, Democrats cheat. There's no question about that. We must have confidence in our elections. It is the foundation of our constitutional republic. It's the, and when that foundation starts to crack, all hell is going to break loose. It's one of the leading causes of civil war in the history of humanity. We're going to fix that. In the Huffines administration, I've got a great plan. I'm going to create a new law enforcement division. It's called Government Corruption Election Integrity Division. It'll have a minimum of 500 officers in it. Every county is going to be signed at least one. And they're going to work on just that. No drugs, no murder. Government corruption, election integrity. They're going to be familiar with every law, every election law. They're going to know where the software is, who, who owns the software, where the machines are. They're going to be in between the two parties. They're going to follow the ballots. Most important. You've got somebody that you can call when you know other people are cheating. You think you can call the attorney general's office? I mean, dream on. 4,000 people work there, 750 attorneys. I've done it. I thought I was getting ripped off in 18 when I lost my election. Nobody cares in Austin, Texas. They don't care. They're going to care now. I'm setting up a new court system. You're never going to convict a Democrat for cheating a Republican in Dallas County. The Democrat, the judges are Democrats, the juries are Democrats, the DAs are Democrat. I'm setting up a whole new court system, a three-judge panel, be appointed by, by the governor. We have a separate prosecution system. We're going to make sure we move venue out of wherever this corruption is taking place in these election, election frauds are taking place. It's the most important thing is we get enforcement of the law. There's no reason to have the law if there's nobody enforcing the law. Patriots, not, of course, I'm for a forensic audit. I was for, for 
for the forensic audit in 18. And that's what this group's going to do. Any, I'm a business guy. Anybody that pushes back on an audit makes me really nervous. You know, that just makes me really nervous. And we can do better than that. I uncovered one of the largest political corruption scandals in Dallas County. They were stealing tens of millions of dollars. They got six people put in prison, including the city mayor pro tem of the city council of Dallas, Wayne Caraway, serving seven years. They were stealing tens of millions of dollars. Corruption in government is very real. These guys are going to be so busy in Austin. There is a lot of people in Austin who can go to jail in the Huffines administration. Thank you. Thank you. Back in 2012, and I understand I used to jump out of airplanes when I was in the Army. Maybe not some, one of the brightest things that you do. But I do know that in a voting precinct, you cannot have 108% voter turnout in a precinct. But yet that's what happened in 2012 in my congressional re-election race. This thing called voter fraud, you can go all the way back to Norm Coleman and Al Franken when they were finding ballots in trunks. The problem with Republicans is that we never hold anybody accountable. There are never any consequences. There are never any ramifications. And think about what just happened here with the signing of SB1, the election integrity bill. Then all of a sudden we find out on pages 72 to 73 that our Republicans were the ones that lowered the penalties for voter fraud in the state of Texas from being a felony down to being a class A misdemeanor. And for whatever reason, the Speaker of the House refuses to take it back up. That will not happen. Think about Chris Hollis when you want to talk about these mail-in ballots. And there's a difference between mail-in ballots and absentee balloting. Absentee balloting is something that is a controlled substance. You have to call in, send in, request the ballot. What we're talking about is Rahm Emanuel's never let a good crisis go to waste with the Wuhan coronavirus, and now they're just going to mail out ballots. In Harris County, Chris Hollis, the county clerk, wanted to mail out 2.7 million unsolicited ballots across that county. Chris Hollins opened up curbside voting locations, yet he was never brought in jail. The most important thing is we got to do is get some people in the Secretary of State office that put some teeth into our election laws so when they're violated, they are persecuted, not persecuted, but prosecuted. And the other thing, when you talk about early voting, I think that it should be absentee voting or you get off your tail and you go to vote. But we do have early voting here in the state of Texas. But you're looking at a person that is chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, joined a lawsuit against the governor of the state of Texas when he unilaterally, unconstitutionally, not going through the state legislature, but changed Texas election law and extended the early voting period from two weeks to three weeks. Guess who was happy about that? People like Chris Hollins, people like the folks in Dallas County, every single blue county. We cannot have a governor that appeases compromise, negotiates, and acquiesces to the progressive socialist left, especially when it comes to our elections. And if you have not read H.R. 1, you should be very nervous about H.R. 1. It is no coincidence that millions of illegal immigrants are coming into the United States of America when the left is saying there's no picture ID to vote, there's no voter registration role review, that these mail-in ballots are going to be the standard going forward. We have got to have tough people that stand up and hold people accountable, being a Republican or Democrat, and we got to put people in jail. Thank you. We might be having, do we have a mic issue? We can fix it real quick. Can everybody hear Mr. Prather when he's speaking? Yeah. Well, I think it's, was it my microphone or his microphone? Here, just use this, just in case. 
Whose is it? Well, there you go. I'll be gargled. All right. <laughs> well, I get to start over then. Do it. I'm kidding. <laughs> there is no greater privilege in the United States than that freedom we have to go and cast our ballot and to vote. And we have to know 100% that that is protected. We've got to know that when we vote, that our ballot counts. We've seen the evidence of the fraud. We've seen the evidence of the nonsense, quite honestly. The people putting the cardboard boxes up over the windows of the polling places where they don't want observers watching. We've got to do everything possible from not only making this a severe punishment for meddling in our elections, to making sure that 100%, no matter how long it takes, we make sure that those votes get counted properly and accurately. That means that those ballots aren't being slid into a machine. They have eyeballs, and those eyeballs have another set of eyeballs over their shoulder. And we're making sure that we don't have the shenanigans that are going on in 2020. Now, let me encourage you folks, not only do we, we don't need voting machines in the state of Texas, we certainly don't need the Dominion machines. They need to not even be allowed here. But let me, let me assure you something. When I win this election, I will demand a forensic audit of my own win. I wanna know that I know that I know that the election was legitimate. I believe that these men would do the same thing. Because we know, as Senator Huffine said, that the cheating and the meddling, they all go on. They go on on, the both, on both sides. And it hasn't just happened in the 2020 election. It's happened for generations. Folks, it's time for it to end. It's time, time for it to stop. It's time for us to prosecute that to the fullest extent of the law, to expose it for what it is. If America is going to stand, if America is going to continue to be a republic, and truly embrace liberty. Our voting rights have to be protected. And I want to encourage you folks because the left has their elections planned through 2060. We can't get over 2020. Go to the polls. The only way to overwhelm the algorithm is for us to go to the polls. You saw it happen in 2016. In 2016, Hillary Clinton was a shoe in, but we went to the polls. It's funny how we can beat the algorithm in that regard. Folks, when we show up, they can't turn the knob high enough. But we've got to make sure that the forensic audits and the counts, those are legitimate. And we don't trust a machine. I, I don't want to live in the land of the Terminator here. Folks, human brains, human eyeballs, let's count those votes. An election day, not an election season, or else we'll be California very soon. Thank you. We actually have five questions. So this last question goes to you, Colonel West. As governor, what will you do to stop the gender modification of minors in Texas? You just make it stop. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand how we could be living in the state of Texas and we're falling in line with this gender dysphoria, which the American Psychiatric Association says is a mental condition. And we're allowing the left to rebrand it as something else. 
And this is one of the legislative priorities that we had as the Republican Party of Texas. And I know that some people ask me out there, well, why would you step down from being the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas to step up to run for governor? This is one of the reasons why. If we are continuing to chemically and physically castrate our children, and we know that that was one of the legislative priorities that we had for the people that helped to get these folks elected statewide to have this majority in the Texas State House, to have this majority in the Texas State Senate. And yet the bills that addressed it never made it to the floor. And the governor has never spoken about the issue at all. So therefore, it is not a priority. It is not a concern to him about what is happening to children here in the state of Texas. So very simple, 2023, at the state of the state address, Governor West will say that ending child gender modification surgeries and procedures is my legislative priority, and therefore the legislature must immediately start working on it. And we're not gonna sign bills on San Marcos being the dolphin capital of the world or the mermaid capital. We're not going to sign bills that says Dr. Pepper is the official drink of Texas until we start doing things that are based upon the legislative priorities that you all have selected through the state convention. Thank you. I believe you'd agree with me if I say God has blessed Texas. We say it, we say it over and over again, God bless Texas, and God has blessed Texas. I believe if we say it enough times over the course of our adult life, sometimes we lose the sacred meaning of that phrase, God bless Texas. But I believe that we are where we are. We have a sense of identity here in Texas. We have a history. I believe we have a destiny yet to fulfill, and I believe that we have quite a legacy to live up to. But it's all because God blessed Texas. And I believe that the hand of grace and providence of the divine, of God, that leads us by his great Holy Spirit into that future to truly be a light on the hill is going to stay in place and continue to direct our paths to the degree that we protect our unborn and our innocent. Folks, I don't know what it is about the left that is so eager to go after our kids. They want to go after the unborn. They want to go after the next generation. They want to modify our children. And why is it that we have those that claim to be Republicans that still have those on donor rolls who contribute to their campaigns that specialize in the modification of genders of our children? As Colonel West said, and I stand with him in this, agree with Senator Huffines as well, because I know his stance there. We've got to fight for the next generation. You just don't do it. It's insane that we're even having this conversation. The fact that the fact that we had a legislative session to discuss leashes on dogs. But we want to not discuss the gender modification of kids under the age of 18 in the state of Texas. I'm telling you, that's the quickest way for us to remain silent while the cry of the blood of the innocents reaches the throne of God. And removes that hand of grace and providence, of mercy that we've enjoyed for so long. Folks, we've gotten lazy. We've got to be the voice for those who can't speak for themselves. We do not foster that confusion that resides in the mind of our youth. And it's there. It's up to us as parents to have the final authority and the final say. And we must fight for that. And we must make it harder and harder because let's face it.
these ideologies into laws and allowing them to run free reign in our state. No more of this. This is nonsense. Let common sense rule. Let common sense reign. And let common sense legislate our future and our destiny in the great state of Texas. It begins now with a fight for that next generation. Well, this is a, a simple issue to fix. I was working on this issue in 2015 when I was down in the legislature with uh, Jeff Younger. Y'all might know about him and his story of his son being transitioned against his wishes by his ex-wife. And it's a disaster. Uh, I was helping him then. I continued to help him through the years. That kid's now almost 10 years old. And it's not going good at all for him. Uh, we do a, a several hundred of these in Dallas, Texas annually. This is the center of it almost in the nation. It's an embarrassment for Texas. It's an easy fix. All you have to do is a three-line bill. I mean, it's three sentences. You could stop it at any minute. All they have to do is pass the bill. But they're not going to. Let me tell you something. If you get one thing out of my talk tonight, I want you to understand this. The governor of Texas can get any bill done he wants any time he wants. He's the governor of Texas. He's the leader of the Republican Party of Texas. All this angst about all this legislation we can't get done. It's all for show. You're being hustled. It's got Abbott's fingerprints all over it. I can just give you how many bills came to the floor of the Texas Senate when I was there and did not pass? Zero. All the votes are counted in the back. All the debate you hear on the floor is, is for show. It's not real. The governor wanted any of this done, he could get done. Our legislative priorities, for instance, every year, 15, 17, 19, 21. I've been working on the platform for 25 years. That's the reason I ran. I'm, I'm with you. I'm for you. I've been in your chair for decades. We need to get our Republican Party platform in the law. And the reason it's not is because Governor Abbott doesn't believe in it. He doesn't want it to be law. We control everything. The House, the Senate, the governor's office for 20 years, 20 years. We could get anything done we want. It's the rhinos that are killing it. My battle was always with the rhinos. They lie so much they don't even remember what they're lying about. Have you ever met a Republican that didn't say he was conservative? They all say that and 90% of them are liars. They're liars. We're all tired of the lies. We're tired of all these broken and empty promises. We're tired of not having our Republican Party platform, our legislative agendas into law. It's going to stop because my legislative priorities are your legislative priorities. Thank you. Thank you so much. That concludes the questions uh, that the groups um, put together for you guys. Give these guys a hand. These were really great answers. They did not know these questions beforehand. They did an awesome job. Now we're going to do, great job guys. You guys prepared some questions. So we're gonna do some rapid fire questions. We're gonna do some rapid fire. You guys only get one minute to answer these, so make it quick. 
but these are the questions that you guys provided for us. One minute, we're going to start with, I guess it's uh, Chad Prather's turn to start first. One minute you get. Will you eliminate property taxes for Texans? And if so, what's your plan in one minute? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, property taxes are not only wrong, they're ungodly. Uh, you know, when God in the Old Testament gave a land to his people, that was their inheritance. That was their that was their promise. And uh, and I, I think that continue to force you to pay for land that you own is quite ungodly. And we're in a situation now, though, where property taxes have become a, a cancer on a very vital organ. And to just think that we can flippantly come in there and excise it and cut it out is going to be very dangerous. But there are numerous things that we could do to reduce it immediately. One thing is we've got to make sure that our various folks out here that control various things on the local level, like our school boards, we got to stop giving it to these spin-thrift liberals out here who think that money just gets printed and they can build $60 million stadiums that our high school students can go out there and play in. I believe we can play just as well on aluminum bleachers. But at the end of the day, we've got to stop spending at the top. Our governor has increased spending on the state level by $48 billion Thank since you he's been so in much. Been it's, oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll finish in my next minute, Shelly. Sorry. I'll give you another chance. I feel so bad, but I have to. We'll be here all night. I'm tough. I'm tough. Mr. Huffines, please. Well, this is my number one campaign promise. I'm going to eliminate property taxes once and for all. I've got a comprehensive plan. We've been working on, on it for years. This is a priority of the Republican Party. It's a terrible way to fund government. You never own your own home in Texas. You never own any real estate in Texas. All you do is just rent it from the government, your land, your farm, your ranch, your building. We're going to phase it out over eight years. And the best way we're going to do that and to replace the money is that we're going to take the state revenues. Our revenues grow. We have a lot of revenue buckets and they grow at about 8% a year. I'm going to take 90% of that growth and I'm going to buy down property tax with them. When it moves over some over to sales tax, you're going to get a chance to vote on it. It's a constitutional amendment and we're going to keep all the schools and, and political subdivisions fully funded. This is very doable. This is not political rhetoric. It's been talked about for years. I'm going to make it happen. Thank you. Under one minute, Colonel West. The property tax system here in the state of Texas is sixth highest in the United States of America. When you really study and understand it, you read the Communist Manifesto, it's Marxist. Two things about the uh, Communist Manifesto and Karl Marx planks. Number one, a progressive tax system. That's exactly what you have in the property tax system. Number two, elimination of private property. I agree with uh, Senator Huffheiser that we need to codify into law the budget surpluses, 70, 80, 90 percent. That needs to be allocated to the paying down, the maintenance and operations for the independent school districts. That's where about 60 percent of your property tax goes at the state level. But the thing that most, bless you, the thing that's most important that we need to do is we need to transition away from that. And prior to 1917, the United States of America, before we created that thing called a personal income tax, we did taxation in the United States of America based upon consumption. People call that the fair tax today. And I believe that it is time that we look at how in the state of Texas that we can move toward a consumption-based tax system, a fair tax system, so that you as Texans can own your home. This is tough. See if I can keep up. I think Senator Huffines, you're up for this rapid fire one minute question. How will you stop CRT from gripping Texas businesses and schools? 
stopping CRT. Well, that's simple. We can just make sure we pass the laws that have teeth in them and we have recourse that the schools can't teach it. Look, this is all Marxism. Marxists have taken over our schools. They've been working on it for decades. They've taken over our seminaries, our media, everywhere else. But here's the big problem of eliminating CRT. It's just going to morph into something else. There's already a lot of programs like that out there that they're being brainwashed, our students, our universities, and in our, in all the way up in the lower schools. This isn't unusual. We're hearing a lot about it. I'm telling you, you need to be involved. The eyes and ears of what's being taught in the schools is the parents. I'm a champion of school choice, education, freedom, and I'm going to make sure we get that done. It's been a priority of the Republican Party for years. Also, the power of the governor. The governor gets to appoint the board of regents of every university. Imagine if our universities are run by patriots, God-fearing patriots. Thank you, Mr. Huffines. Thank you. How do you stop cultural Marxism? You don't fund it. On 7 February 1961, you're looking at someone that was born in Atlanta, Georgia, in a blacks-only hospital. But yet somehow I was able to command a battalion of 600 soldiers in combat when my dad was only a corporal in the segregated army. Somehow I became a United States member of the House of Representatives, represented the highest per capita income zip code in America. Somehow I became the chairman of the largest state Republican Party in the country. Somehow I'm on the stage with these incredible gentlemen running to be the next governor of the state of Texas. What we need to do is just say that America is not a racist country and we're not gonna allow you to indoctrinate our children and foment this hatred between white, black, Hispanic, and Asian children. That's what I would do as governor of the state of Texas. One minute, Mr. Prather. And I thank you for your service. <laughs> Public, public, edu <laughs> public education system in Texas needs to be burned to the ground. It's a faulty system built on humanism and socialism. It's the Dewey Man system of education to brainwash your children. Bottom line is what's going to happen. And I'm not blaming our educators. Unfortunately, our teachers are not being allowed to educate and teach. Their hands have been tied. They're training for a test. And as Senator Huffine said, you can get rid of CRT. It's just going to come back branded as another form of Marxism because that's what that institution is always going to produce. Let's let our teachers truly educate. Let them teach. Let them test. Let them evaluate. Let them promote. Let's let them do their jobs. The education system in Texas right now is like having a house with a big tree that's growing right through the middle of it. What are we going to do? Do we cut the tree out or we tear down the house? Yes. It's got to start over again. And we've got to do the things that make that possible. Let's get our children's education straight. Awesome. Are you guys having fun yet? <laughs> Good. Okay, the next question, I think we're on uh, Colonel West. This is hard to keep track, but we'll get this. Every election cycle, we hear promises, 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 but such promises are rarely fulfilled. What are your plans for actually implementing the policies you are campaigning on? You know, one of the things you have to understand was Republicans in the state of Florida redistricted me out 10 years ago. And I was the number one target for the Democrat Party in 2012, which lets you know one single thing. I didn't talk about or think about my own self-interest or special interest. I thought about the interests of my constituents. And that's the exact same thing that I will do. And as chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, we flipped the Rio Grande Valley. Zapata County, first time in 100 years, went from blue to red. 
We have a the youngest city council member in the state of Texas, Roma Garcia, in Kerrville, Texas, defeated the progressive socialist. First time we have a in 36 years, a Hispanic mayor down in the Rio Grande Valley, Mayor Villalobos down in McAllen. So the bottom line is this: I took an oath to the Constitution. And I went places to lay down my life for that oath, to protect your life, your liberty, your property, and your pursuit of happiness, your freedom. And that has been the defining aspect of my life, and it will continue to be. One of the things that the military teaches you is it's about your honor, it's integrity, and character. I won't surrender that to anyone. Thank you. July 2nd, 2020, I was in South Dakota. I was waiting on President Trump to come speak at Mount Rushmore. And at dinner that night, I was having a glass of wine. I was sitting across from Donald Trump Jr. And my phone went off telling me that Greg Abbott here in the state of Texas had deemed certain businesses and individuals non-essential here. And I went on Twitter, and maybe it's because I was with a Trump, but I went on Twitter. And I said that I was going to run for governor in 2022 in the state of Texas. I woke up to a firestorm the next day, and a lot of people were waiting for the punchline because they know that I tell jokes for a living, and I can understand that was rightfully so. But there is no punchline because I'm very serious when it comes to the state of Texas. And it was a couple of months ago, a good friend of mine who looked at me and saw a little bit of stress on my face and said, you know, what's going on? I said, well, I'm dealing with a lot of things right now. And they said, you know, you can quit. And I said, I don't have permission to. Because when it's time to do something and you believe that you describe your success and your mission with the vocabulary of the divine, that's when you go against the will of God and he's placed it on your heart. You can't quit. Folks, to violate that and to violate your work and to violate your convictions in that regard is dishonorable. And I swear I won't ever do it. This is an excellent question. This is this is a very important uh, question because this is what always happens when we vote in people. We elect all these supposedly conservatives that go down to Austin or Washington and guess, like I said earlier, they're liars. They're going to govern one way and campaign a different way. It is so hard when to stand up when everyone you're working with tells you to sit down. All your fellow club members are saying, "Wait a minute, why don't you just join up with us? Why do you want to be such a knot on you know on the on the wood or something? Why are you doing what you're doing?" I, I've seen it. I've experienced it. You can't imagine how hard these folks work not to take the vote. How hard they work not to be accountable. When the lieutenant governor comes in, he says, welcome to the most exclusive club in the state of Texas. You're in, we're members of this exclusive club. My record speaks for itself. I fight for you when I was there. I delivered on my campaign promises, and I'm going to do the same. I don't need a new job. We're down to two final rapid fire questions. And I think we're on Chad Prather. In your opinion, what is the proper role of government? To stay out of your life. <laughs> I'm running on a very simple platform. Let's get government out of your life. We've created a very big blob monster that consumes everything it touches. It's down in Austin, Texas. And for some reason, it's trying to emulate what's in Washington, D.C. We've got to stop that. Let's make politics boring again. Let's get it out of your life. I woke up, I woke up on the 1st of September with 666 new laws in my life. That's an interesting number, isn't it? 
But I didn't go to bed on August, the last day of August, thinking, man, I hope there's 600 new laws in my life tomorrow. None of you did because we don't want to be regulated. We don't want to be mandated. We don't want to be demanded to do these things. Folks, at the end of the day, let's get government out of our life. Sam Houston said, govern wisely and as little as possible. Like I said in my opening remarks, the fundamental role of government is always to defend your God-given liberties. Your liberties don't, thank you, your liberties come from God and not the government. Our founders of our country knew that. That's why we swear an allegiance to a little document. It was written specifically to protect what they already knew was your birthright, your God-given liberties. We, this, is, this is fundamental to America. This is fundamental to who we are. And that is the lens I will always look through. This, it's, it's, it's the only thing we need to be focused on is the fundamental role of government. And it's, in other words, you could say this. The fundamental role of government is, to, is for government to protect you from government. Because you already have your birthright, your God-given liberties. And I'm going to always protect those. Is your government. The best explanation of the fundamental role of government comes from a French economist Today, the by the name of Frederick Bastiat, B-A-S-T-I-A-T, 52-page essay. The name of that essay is called The Law. It talks about the relationship between the individual and the institution of government. The United States of America was created on a premise that the individual is sovereign and supreme over the institution of government. But now the institution of government is trying to elevate itself by usurping your rights, your freedoms and liberties over you. We're not supposed to be ruled by edicts, orders, mandates and decrees. We're supposed to be governed through the rule of law, through the executive branch or through the legislative branch or through the judicial branch. But what we see happening is too much ideological activism. We will restore the right relationship between you and the government here in the state of Texas. Because I am your servant. I am not your feudal lord. And you knew it was coming. Our last rapid fire question for tonight was, what are your thoughts? Senator Don Huffines, you'll be first. What are your thoughts about Pexit? If you are for secession, what and how would this look like? Well, I signed the petition uh, to get it on the ballot uh, for the Republican Party. Thank you. Okay, we get the bill through. I'll support the bill going through the legislature. We get it and we get it out to the vote for the people. The people vote for it. I'll support it because I'm here for the people. That's what I'm here. That's my job. But I just say this. Give me two years. Give me two years as your governor, and I'm going to prove to you what it means to be sovereign. I'm never going to ask permission from the federal government to secure the border. I don't care if we lose a lawsuit. I care about you. I care about Texas. I'm going to prove we're sovereign. I'm going to get prayer back in the schools. I'm going to make sure we stop all abortion in this state. Under a Huffines administration, we're going to prove not just to the country what it means for Texas to be sovereign. We're going to prove it to the whole world. Thank you. It's very simple. 
you know, Dan Miller sitting back there, Dan, good luck on your race as lieutenant governor. HB 1359 was brought forward by Kyle Biederman, and I signed up and said, absolutely, I support the right of the people to be able to vote on this issue. And I've signed the petition as well to get it on the ballot for you to be able to vote for it, because it is about the will of the people, and it is about the consent of the government. If you say that this is what you want as governor, I will abide by your will. But let me tell you something. In the Declaration of Independence, it says that these United States of America were created by free and independent states. The very last amendment in your Bill of Rights in the United States Constitution, the 10th Amendment, it says that all of those rights not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people. If you understand the system of federalism, the system of federalism says that the power rests with the states and the Constitution is a restrictive document on the powers of the federal government. If we restore the right balance between the states and the federal government, we don't need to exit because people are going to be following us as the Lone Star State. I know that there's a lot of people who faint shock and horror when we mention the word Texas, but let me ask you a question. Do you feel united with California, Oregon, Washington State? Do you feel united with Illinois, New York, or even Washington, D.C.? You don't because the globalists have already seceded the federal government away from us. They've gone their own way. And let me tell you something, to the degree that we need to put uh, the United States back on track, as I said earlier, we're the only state with the size, economy, power, and will to do that. And we need to do that. We need to show them the way. But I not only was supported, I've signed the petition to, to support it, and I would support that being on not only the, the ballot, but also if it were to be voted on by the people of Texas. But I'm advocating for it because at the end of the day, one of the things that we will use to leverage our power against Washington, D.C. and hold their feet to the fire is a bill like Texas. They need to know we're serious about it and not just rattling chains. It's time we do that because this administration and the federal government hasn't represented Texas in a long time. All right, you guys are going to get, I can't remember if we did two or three minutes for closing. Everybody's looking around at each other. We're gonna give you three minutes each to close and we're gonna do it in the order that you guys drew beforehand, if that's okay. Um, so Senator Don Huffines, you're gonna be first. You have three minutes to close out. Patriots, imagine a Texas where you, you didn't have to ever pay property tax. You could actually own your own home, your own ranch, your own farm, your own business. Imagine all the money that you're gonna save and have and what you could do with that money. You could go to a private school, you could give it to charity, you could go on vacation, you could buy a home twice the size. That's what you're gonna get. We're in a Huff Finds administration. Imagine waking up in the morning and knowing that your border is finally secure, that the cartels aren't sex trafficking hundreds and thousands, I mean, thousands of, of girls and boys all over the state of Texas. Imagine that the fentanyl shipments are stopped. Imagine you can finally get fair wages for you and your children because we don't have economic mobility. When people are coming in and cutting the legs out from under you and working for half the price. Imagine when we get 500,000 illegals out of our government school system. Imagine the money you're gonna save as Texas taxpayers. Imagine you're gonna have, when you can have confidence in your elections, 
You really can. And you don't have to worry about your about your vote being stolen or not counted properly. Imagine when we can get prayer back in schools. Imagine when we don't have to worry about the slaughter of the innocents in the state of Texas. Imagine what it's like if the Republican Party platform could actually be law. A platform that we've worked on for decades. Decades. And we just get little party favors here and there every session. Because the governor doesn't want it to happen. Well, it's going to be a new day in the Huffines administration. It really is. Patriots, there's no cavalry coming over the hill to restore our liberty. It's not going to get any better. We've lost more liberty in the last 18 months than I thought was ever conceivable. And it was done to us by a Republican governor of Texas. Unimaginable. It's never going to happen again. Because this is Texas. We will bend the knee to no man to no government for no reason. I need you to join my campaign. I'm in this to win. I'm on the path to victory. We're on it. I'm raising millions of dollars across the state. We've got thousands of endorsements. I'm in this to win. I need you to join me. Go to DonHuffines.com. DonHuffines.com. God bless you and God bless Texas. George Orwell had a very famous quote. He said, a nation sleeps peacefully at night because rough men stand ready to do violence on her behalf. 22 years, I was one of those rough men. Maybe not as rough as, you know, like Navy SEALs or some other, but, but I was out there. And what I want you to understand is over those 22 years and continuing on, when you did not know me, you could sleep peacefully at night. And now you know me here in the state of Texas. God blessed me to be able to return here to the state of Texas, to the place that I retired from the United States military in 2004 in Fort Texas. What I'm asking you is to allow me to be your gladiator. Allow me to be the person that goes into the fight. Allow me to be that rough man that stands up and does battle against these middle-of-the-road Republicans that continue to bring a plastic spoon to a gunfight. Let me be the person that stands up and fights against the progressive socialist left. Because if you remember, there was a freshman member of Congress back a decade ago that said that there were a bunch of communists and socialists that were sitting on Capitol Hill. And a lot of people said that that was the wrong thing to say, but now they're openly saying it. Because leadership is not about acting and reacting. Leadership is about seeing the battle before it is engaged. Because the Army taught me that there are five C's to leadership. It is the courage to stand up and do what is right when no one else wants to do what is right. It's the competence to understand, as I was taught, what right looks like and to be able to articulate it. It's the commitment that you have to a core set of principles and values, and it's the conviction that you have that when the heat gets turned up, 
you stay committed to them. And it's the character that you have so that people, no matter if they're around you or not, they know that you're going to always do the right thing. That's why I stepped down from being the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas to be that guy at that top that will set the agenda so that you can sleep peacefully at night. Westfortexas.com. West, the number four, Texas.com is the website. All I want to do is continue on with the mission of the oath that I took on 31 July 1982. And now not just the U.S. Constitution, but to include the Texas State Constitution. God bless you all. Senator Huffines, Colonel West, always a pleasure. Shelley, certainly. Thank you. People always ask me why in the world I'm doing this. Why would you do this? I started tonight by talking about the spirit of Texas. I was infected by the spirit of Texas 20 years ago. That spirit that is caught, not taught. Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Unfortunately, the further we've gone, as I've looked into these political matters, these things that I know of in Austin, Texas, I can't unsee them. And I'll never unsee them. And I'll never leave this fight because I believe that Texas is something greater than most people can never understand. And to the degree that we fight for that spirit and understand that that liberty, which is so precious, which so many have sacrificed for us to have, and right now is on the precipice, on the threshold of being pushed over into the abyss of history and forgotten. This idea of America is one thing, but this Texas, which is the anchor whereby America holds on with its freedom, is slipping from us because, let's face it, the Texas that we love is not the Texas that we think it is. In 1773, some of our founding fathers recognized that they were being ruled over by a government that did not recognize them, did not represent them. And in an act of defiance, they went out into Boston Harbor. And in the claim of no taxation without representation, they spilled that tea into that harbor, into those dark waters in the middle of the night. And I'm encouraging you all that it's time that we go to Travis County and have ourselves an Austin Tea Party. Because I contend that right now you are not being represented, but in fact, tyranny is being put in place because we have a government there in Austin that is bowing and bending the knee to the federal government right now, and your rights are being taken away. To the degree as we look at our border situation, we look at our energy situation, we look at our tax situation, our spending, the growth of government and its overreach, the allowance of 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats in D.C. to reach their greedy fingers into your pockets year after year. Folks, it's time to say no more. It's time to not only reestablish our sovereignty, but reestablish our dignity and take up our place as an identity of great Texas heritage. The future is untenable. We do not have a future to give to our kids and to our grandkids. You know, we can look at our history. We know that there are great names written on those pages, the Crockett's and the Bowie's and the Houston's and the Travis's and the Austin's. But whose name is going to be written 10, 15, 25, 100 years from now when they talk about the great legacy of Texas? Will there be a Texas? Will there be a legacy to write about? Folks, let's get government out of our lives and let's put the power back in the hands of the people. Prather2022.com. It's no joke. Unless you want to go to Beto 22, and that still comes to me.
Thank you guys so much. I just want to say something short. Um, as someone that I stood by myself, my husband and I, we stood by ourselves back when we opened the salon. But let me tell you, at the very beginning when all of this was happening, these three gentlemen were there. They were there when a lot of people weren't. Not our state legislators, not our governor, no one was there. These three men walk the walk. They do what they say they're going to do, and they're not afraid. You cannot say that about our current governor. He is weak. And you've taken the first step by, by getting here. You're not done. They need money. They need block walkers. They need callers. Just your vote, that used to be enough. It's not anymore. You need to give every single thing you have to beat that machine in Austin. And we will be so lucky to have any one of these gentlemen there. Thank you guys so much. We have a meet and greet. Please come up and meet these guys. Thank you for coming. Hey, y'all, one last thing. So we always give action items at our meetings, right? We got a lot of groups that came together here, so we're going to give an action item. So your action item is to go home and to reach all of your neighbors on your block to go to your church and talk to your pastor about getting involved. Because we reached out to churches, and what we found is, is that very few churches are interested in filling the role. That 200 years ago, this would have occurred in a church. Okay, so we need to get not just our vote situated. You're not here just to figure out what you're going to vote, who you're going to vote for. You're here to kind of activate and get out there. Plug into a conservative group. Wise County Conservatives, Parker County Conservatives, Grayson County Conservatives, Cook County Conservatives. And if you're in the Metroplex, go to True Texas Project. Plug in because it's not unimportant. Thanks for coming, y'all. All right. And there you have it. Let me go ahead and rewind it just a little bit so we can get a nice focus on this Alan West for governor. Oh, oh, hey, oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, at the beginning, it was better. Here. There we go. Didn't that look nice? Doesn't that look nice? Yes. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in this afternoon. We just wanted to do a replay broadcast archive, if you will. Uh, the first Texas Republican governor debate, gubernatorial debate that took place on October 27th, 2021. Yep, it's uh, two weeks old tomorrow, but uh, we have the next one coming up on November 27th in Frisco, Texas. Someone get me to Frisco. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, should be a good time. We'll probably broadcast that one live too. I think it's slated to be at 9 a.m. So Mr. C will have to be up early that day, Texas time. Uh, but in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys for stopping in and for uh, um, hanging out and watching this broadcast live with us. Otherwise, you can catch the replay. Uh, like the like the uh, host said, the MC, you know, great, great, great men on the stage there. Um, and uh, with the exception of maybe, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Huffines. No, just kidding. Huffines has done some good work. Okay, I think uh, I think any of us would be uh, good without Abbott in office at this moment with any of those three. But um, I don't know. Huffines, uh, he's he's a money man also. Uh, 
Um, but uh, West and Prather, I think it would be a hoot if Prather got in, right? Because he'd probably really rock that boat, okay? And he would uh, he would stir the pot and he'd probably force other people to lick the spoon. I could imagine him doing that too. Uh, but West at the moment, he has my vote. Um, and uh, well, we'll see where we go from there, guys. We still got until November of 2022. And, uh, you know, one of the uh, ringers in there for Abbott would be his fifth secretary of state, John Scott. So uh, and he'll be overseeing that election. How convenient you get Scott and then you get the little progressive Jose Esparza in there. That's the deputy secretary of state who's probably really calling all the shots from behind the scenes. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you hanging out again tonight. We'll be back this evening at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for the C-Report, our regularly uh, scheduled broadcast here at Mr. CTV. And uh, till then, guys, take care. All right. Be safe. Have a great lunch. Have a great dinner. We'll see you at 7.30. Ta-ta, y'all.